Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hey. Good morning. Are we lucky or what? Man, this weather has been so awesome. I know it's supposed to get cold next week again, but got a little rain. This is perfect for the wildflowers, y'all. I bet we have a great wildflower um, thing this spring. Well, I am Cheryl McLaughlin. This is the Austin Gardener, and we're here to talk about whatever y'all want to talk about regarding your landscapes, your lawns, what have you. And, uh, the number that you can call or text is 512-836-0590. And we have a toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. So again, call or text 512-836-0590. Um, so lots of stuff to talk about this time of year. I you know, listen to Je- as much of Jeff's show as I can in the morning and um, – some pruning questions came up, and this is just uh, starting in on pruning season, not quite yet for everything, but um, we can talk about what to prune, what not to prune. That's the most important thing, really, and we'll get to that. Um, But first, I just want to recommend Kevin Wood Landscapes. If you've got some projects that you want done, uh, the good landscaping companies get backed up right quick this time of year. Um, so get yourself to the website, kevinwoodlandscapes.com, and you'll see that, uh, you know, there's every service you can think of in landscaping is is offered. You know, all the construction, lighting, irrigation, specializing in native plants and well-adapted plants for this area, um, really good soil. Um, really good construction. So definitely check that out and get in line. If you need a design and stuff done, it takes a while. Um, but back to pruning. Um, what you don't want to prune is uh, the early spring bloomers. Okay, and that includes, of course, mountain laurel. But there's some early spring blooming climbing roses. Uh, and if you've got one of them, you don't want to be pruning now. Um, anything that blooms real early in the spring, you wait until after it's done blooming if you need to prune it. Uh, typically, we, we recommend uh, pruning roses around Valentine's Day because that's easy to remember. Uh, you can also do any final pruning on crepe myrtles. And there are some really good instructions on how to prune and not to prune crepe myrtles on your AgriLife website. Uh, so Agra Life, A-G-R-I Life, uh, and whatever county you're in, if you just Google that, you're going to get more information than you ever thought possible. Uh, but roses, so I only use the antique roses or the earth kind roses uh, because they're not persnickety. And a lot of them, most of them, still have their fragrance, which has been bred out of roses, especially like uh, most cutting roses. But if the antique roses, the main reason you need to prune them is so there's air circulation. Uh, So you want to be sure and prune out any crossing branches that might be rubbing and wounding each other. 
Uh, if it's really too, too, too tall or too, too bushy, uh, you thin it out a little bit. But roses are not going to give you much trouble if they're the antique roses or the earth kind roses unless they're too smashed together. And they're, they should not be watered from overhead watering, right, because that can cause them to get black spot. So anyway, those are some of my uh, sort of guidelines now is what we start pruning our evergreens the end of February. And that is so that uh, we don't encourage new growth too early because when you prune back your evergreens, they're just going to want to take off. Uh, if you leave them till the end of February, the worst of the winter is over. The sap is beginning to rise in plants, and that way when you do cut them, the wounds heal much more quickly. Um, the only other thing that really stuck out was the oak wilt pruning rules. It is true uh, that many homeowners associations uh, do not want you to prune from February on, basically until it's good and hot, like 4th of July. Um, and this is because it's the most active oak wilt season. If you prune, you paint the wounds. Just get a can of spray can of latex. But all the professional tree companies, they know what to do. Uh, if you're using an arborist, make sure they're certified and not just some guys driving by in a truck with a ladder because you don't know what their training is. You want a certified arborist because we are in the most active oak wilt area uh, probably in the United States. And the other oak that is very susceptible is the red oak. And the red oaks, mainly this is what happens to red oaks that are in the wild that aren't being cared for, that get damaged, um, that are just beat up and stuff, right? So they'll form these green fungal mats. And this is the source of the fungus that the beetles will then, they're attracted to these green mats. They then will go to a weeping wound on a live oak and spread that into the live oak, which then spreads down and can spread through the roots. And as you know, live oaks are mostly big mots of genetically identical trees. Uh, so once that gets into the root system, it can spread to all those trees that are in that mott. And that's why you'll see huge areas of die-off. <clears throat> Driving out in the hill country sometimes is just so depressing. Okay, 512 <clears throat> That's the call or text number. And if you have any questions about what to prune, uh, please do give us a call. Uh, or if you want to uh, – other thing I want to talk about today is brown covers, uh, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, but if you guys want to talk about anything else, please feel free, uh, 512-836-0590. And also, we do have that toll-free line if you all need it. It's 877-590-5525. Uh, so again, 512-836-0590 or – um, 877-590-5525. Okay, let us see here. We have a text. See if I can get started on it before the first break. 
Uh, Cheryl, then pricing Bermuda seed and the prices are out of sight. Any idea why so expensive? Also, looking for a small tree for a memorial. I live in the hill country, full sun, and would like one about uh, 10 to 15 feet tall, either fragrant or nice-looking leaves or both. Any suggestions? Yeah, let me um, let me think about this question here for a minute while we're over the break, and uh, we'll be back right after these messages. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, five ninety AM and ninety nine point seven FM. Okay, we are back, and the last. Uh, question I had was a text and by the way 512-836-0590 is the call or text number Um, and it says uh, Cheryl been pricing Bermuda seed and the prices are out of sight any ideas why so expensive Uh, I if I had to hazard a guess I would say it's because the uh, weather last year was so brutal uh, the drought conditions, everything else, that a lot of grass seeds were um, hard to come by, basically. A lot of things didn't make seed, um, and that would be my best guess. And I'm pretty sure most seeds are going to be either hard to get or very expensive this year because of the weather last year. Now, as far as a small tree for a memorial in the hill country in full sun, 10 to 15 feet tall, either fragrant or nice-looking leaves or both. Well, of course, the first thing that comes to mind would be mountain laurel. Uh, It's an evergreen. It's the right height. It gets the most fragrant flowers in the world, and then it's just a beautiful evergreen. It loves it and is native to the hill country, of course. Um, So that would be one that I would immediately think of. Or you could do something fun like a possum haw holly. Uh, that's the one that has no leaves but is covered with red berries all winter long uh, until the, you know, the migratory birds come through in the spring and then they finish off the berries. But they will hold those berries all winter long. So it's just a cheery thing, you know, for winter. The rest of the year is just a, a green small tree. Uh, nothing special about it except to the winter. Now for fragrance... Uh, the, another thing that comes to mind is Wiesatch. Most people are going to think I'm crazy for recommending this uh, because they are kind of a messy tree, but they nothing smells more wonderful than a Wiesatch in bloom. It's just fantastic. Um, what else would I consider putting out there? Oh, Mexican plum would be good. Uh, you get the the fragrant flowers, then you get the fruit. So, you know, birds and stuff will love that. Um, And they get a beautiful rosy color in the fall. So Mexican plum. Um, I'd also consider maybe a red bud. I love the, um, which is the one that has the curlyish, oh, Mexican red bud. It has such a beautiful ruffly leaf, just a gorgeous. And of course, red buds bloom uh, they have a light fragrance as well. Um, so let's see if there's anything else I can think of uh, that you might want. Uh, did I mention crepe myrtle? Yeah, you know, crepe myrtle is just, there's nothing that blooms like a crepe myrtle. And they get fall color. 
So there's so many pretty crepe myrtles. I like dynamite, um, and it's the right height for you, so I would consider that as well. And they're really tough when they get established. So that's going to be your thing uh, if if this is in a cemetery. Uh, it's going to be getting it started, right, because you'll have to water it. Uh, let's see. Here's another text. Friends in DOS treat any cuts or breaks in their oaks with Bengal. It's been working very well. Bengal. Is that that thing you put on your your body if you're sore? Bing, is that, Am I thinking of the right thing? Bengal. Well, okay. Well, I, I'm going to go with what you say. Bengay. I'm thinking of Bengay. What's Bengal? You got to tell me what that is. Uh, let's see here. Thanks for all your great info. Um, I'm looking to replace pittosporums. Yeah, <laughs> I know. In the front of this bed and need some recommendations, please. Right now it's sunny in the morning, shady in the afternoon, but after the poor trees grow back from the ice storm, it'll be shady all day. Thank you, Liz C. Uh, Liz, I'm just going to go straight to Laura Petalum. L-O-R-O-P-E-T-A-L-U-M. Laura Petalum. Um, they're evergreen. They'll do in the sun or the shade. They get beautiful burgundy color leaves. They get beautiful pink flowers, you know, like a sort of like a miniature azalea flower or something, gorgeous flowers. Um, and I think they'd be so pretty against your white stone house. Uh, so I would consider Laura Petalum. Um, let's see, what else would work if it's shady all day? I mean, you could do something like a, a holly. Um, I don't know how tall you want it to get. But if you just want a bulletproof holly, you could always go with uh, dwarf yopon holly. But you could also then put a little bit of a taller perennial, something fun that would go up on that wall. Uh, that would be, um, oh, you know, like a Texas star hibiscus or something like that. That would be gorgeous there. And then just have your little backbone of evergreen. Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text. Um, Cheryl, can you talk more about perennials to prune now? Butterfly bush, Greg salvia, etc. Also, uh, ornamental grasses. Okay, so anything that is dormant that's just brown stems uh, that are perennials, you can cut back those stems right now. Uh, your your salvia gregii can be cut back now if you need to cut it back. But I was noticing that the ones in my neighborhood are really starting to leaf out, you know, fully. So you may just want to do a little top uh, pruning on them with one exception. About every three years, your gregii's are going to grow these big old thick limbs, real woody limbs that just have little bit of leaves on the very end. Um, those I would cut back, you know, really to the ground. Uh, and if you'll notice, most of your perennials starting, if not right now, in a couple of weeks, are going to have new growth right down in the center core of the plant. 
and that you need to leave. All the ornamental grasses should be cut back now if they're uh, if they haven't been because they're going to start putting out green leaves pretty quick. And you know you want to try to get all that dead stuff off. You can leave them a few inches tall. You don't have to cut them to the ground, but um, yeah, your grasses should be cut back now. Okay, let's go to the phone lines for our next call. Leander, here we come. Hey, Catherine, how's it going? Hey, going great. How, how's it going with you today? Really good, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love your show. Thank you. That's a highlight of my week. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, this is my question. Just a few minutes ago, you were uh, giving some suggestions of um, of certain things to plant, and I didn't catch them all, but you mentioned um, mountain laurel. You mentioned the uh, holly that has berries in the, the mm-hmm. wintertime. Awesome. And uh, you had mentioned uh, mountain laurel and uh, some other things. This is, my question is this, and I don't, and I'm not a professional gardener by any means, um, by any means, let me tell you. But um, do the, this is my concern is some of, sometimes the fragrant uh, plants or and or trees like um, Mount Laurel when they bloom and oh gosh it smells so good it's like Kool Aid purple Kool Aid is how I describe it mm-hmm. they attract they attract bees and I have a dog. Yeah. So do should I stay away from fragrant plants? Is your dog uh does he have a, a severe allergy to bee stings? No, but no, but any dog if they're uh, uh sung by a bee, they can go into anaphylactic shock. Well that I don't know what to say about that. I have never actually thought of this subject before. Okay. Um, I guess I would consult with a vet and see if there's anything you can keep on hand. Uh, I know that I believe you can give dogs Benadryl. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. But, but I... The thing is, mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the this happened to one of our dogs. <laughs> Uh, many many years ago, and mm. that's what it boiled down to. I had some of some salvia, the beautiful Greg Eye salvia, mm-hmm. in the backyard, and mm-hmm. it does um, attract. Yeah, bees. it does. You're right about that. And so I stepped outside for not more than five minutes, and I ca- came inside my home, and I thought, "Where's my dog?" You know, and uh, he was behind the couch, and I thought he was dead. Oh, dear. So I immediately grabbed him and took him to the closest veterinarian, and they said that that's what had happened. He had received a bee sting, and he had gone into anaphylactic shock. Now, he ended up being just fine. They were able to pull him out of it because I acted so quickly. Listen, I need to enter for a second. I'm about to have to break a hard break for the news. Would you like to hold? Uh, Well, I think you gave me the answer is to check with a veterinarian yeah well thank you i'm so sorry i I have to let you go we'll be back 
Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we're back. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Uh, Jeff, then is it Ian? Uh, and then Mark. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? It's going fine, young lady. I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah. I wanted to. Just ask another question about the ornamental grasses. Um, One of the ladies that I help take care of her stuff for her, she's got one. And last year it just really took a long time for it to come back after it got cut pretty short. And I'm wondering, I was thinking about whether or not to even trim it back this year. What kind Uh, is it? Honestly, I don't know. I think it's a a muley, but I'm not Mm. real sure. well, you know, last year was pretty brutal. I mean, we had those really hard freezes and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, typically a muley is going to be bulletproof, and, you know, it'll come back. Uh, you don't have to cut it, you know, to the ground. Just, you can leave a yeah, few inches. And, but uh, And I think that's what, what really happened was somebody cut it really, really short. And I know I, I usually like to leave them a little bit longer so that mm-hmm. the ladybugs, you know, they like to get down in there. and Yeah. And nest in there, and I and I was just really just trying to get a little bit more guidance from your expertise of all these years. <laughs> well, you know, I don't even advocate always cutting everything back, but there's you know a, a grass is gonna it's gonna look kind of ugly with all the brown stuff yeah. you know in, in among the the new stuff. So if it were my yard, I would go ahead and cut it back, leave it a few inches tall, and uh, hope for the best. Okay. Well, I think this year maybe I'll, I'll cut it instead of it being so so short. I'll try to cut it this year versus them and uh, maybe leave it up about eight inches and see how that kind of works out. I think and, that's the way to go. And kind of go from there. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks Bye. for your call. Okay. Let's go to Westlake for our next caller. Ian, thanks for calling KLBJ. Yes. I was just calling them a veterinarian and to comment about the bees real quick. Oh, um, good. And so, uh, you know, not not every dog's or a majority of dogs won't be allergic to the bees. It'll, it might hurt, right, when they sting just like people, but not most of them aren't um, going to be allergic. So I wouldn't, and as a general dog issue, I wouldn't be too concerned um, for most dogs. If you have a dog that you know is allergic, you would probably want to be more cautious. Do they make, like, EpiPens for dogs? Um, I can prescribe them, yes. Um, The problem is is that they're very expensive, um, and uh, and they have an expiration. They're pretty short-dated. Oh, uh uh-huh. So most of my clients don't get those. I've had a few where we'll we'll send an actual injection Mm -hmm. um, that's a, a lot cheaper. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, um, it's, it's interesting that, um, most of the dogs I've had that have had allergic reactions like that, um, haven't had repeat episodes for whatever reason. And it doesn't typically kill them. No, I mean, untreated an anaphylactic reaction definitely could. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so if if you saw it, you would definitely rush to the, yeah. Yeah, you'd want to get them into a vet right away. Oh well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your input, and 
I mean, I don't really know what to tell her to plant except uh, things that don't have fragrance, and there's a ton of them. So I'll, I'll try to think about that more and give her okay. some better ideas. But thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Fredericksburg for our next caller. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hi, Cheryl. Hey. Oh, good. Good. We we got some good rain. We we completely missed the rain two weeks ago, like four tenths, but we got an inch now, so we're <laughs> oh, good. okay. Good, <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. So um, we still have live oaks that are dying from freeze damage years ago in the drought. Mm. They were so butchered up in that freeze. There's still trees just dying continuously. Oh gosh. And I, I wondered well, I about that. I'm not sure that there's going to be an end to where they quit dying. <laughs> uh, I, you know, uh, I hadn't thought about this lately, but I, I pondered this question. You know, after the after the uh, ice storm last year, about it, a was it going to create a huge oak wilt issue, uh, <clears throat> which doesn't seem to be the case. If it is, I haven't heard of it, but that doesn't mean they're not dying from just being beat to death. You know, right? Well, a couple of things we. <laughs> About two years after the ice, we had oak wilt drop in two spots just out of nowhere. Mm. And, and I don't understand it at all because those, those wounds, you know, would have been healed over. You would think. But I but guess... One of them you... dropped right in the middle of our yard, and oh. all we have is huge old live oaks. And we, now we have to guess when to inject those to try to save them. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. That is it's... such an awful feeling. I've been there. Right, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I, I actually got the top Oakwood guy in the state came down from Arlington and spent three hours here talking to me about it. But in, anyway, anyway, um, oh, this, you may not know this. Was, this was interesting. So there's the phloem, which are the vessels on the outside of the tree. Mm-hmm. And that's what they, it grows a layer every year. And, but he said there's three layers of those that are active on the outside. So, so if the ice damaged two or three layers, it's going to take at least two or three years for that tree to recover from that damage. Wow. Yeah. I did and not know that. And he also said they figured that the drop from 10 and 11, you know, where we had so little rain, they estimated it took seven years for the trees to recover from that. And then they got whacked. Yeah. Oh, my and, gosh. Well, and, and the reason from that, and I always thought, you know, you're in a drought, you get three inches of rain, everything's fine. The trees store starches in the trunk, and, and with the drought, they lose all those starches, and it takes a long time to rebuild that, that energy back up. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, so I, I'm worried about all the wild areas, you know. I, I totally get it. Well, listen, Mark, I yeah, really— anyway, I've got, so I've got a, a, an easy question for you, I think. Okay. Years ago, we, <laughs> we took out a satellite dish lab that had 30 inches of semen in it, underneath it and so we had this big hole we filled it in and kind of packed it as well as we could we put a bit of greg's blue mist flower there mm-hmm. and it's done great but it settled about four inches and it's a bathtub so, oh so yeah. we don't know it's a bathtub and we can't just dump four inches of dirt in it so we thought about putting some compost each year but what do you think we can do you can put up to one inch of of landscape soil actual soil Oh, okay. Not just compost, but you can do that every season, really, as long as the plant grows up above it. But you can put like an inch in the spring and an inch in the fall. Um, Oh, okay. You know, Greg's grows real fast, so it should upgrow it. You can do that for lawns, too, uh, if you you need to add. Should I use an improved soy mix? Or I actually have a pile of black 
um, uh, bottom land dirt that I'm getting from a neighbor. It's like actual black dirt. Well, uh, if it drains, you know, but you don't, you got to make sure it's not purity clay. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So either, I but, would, but yeah, I would do that. An improved soil would be best. Yeah. Just, okay. or you can mix a little compost in that, but that good soil, that's probably just fine. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll do that. Good to hear yeah. from you. Yeah, good to talk to you again, Cheryl. Take care. Okay, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay, okay. Uh, Earlier I was wondering about the uh, spraying with Bengal, uh, and they wrote back and said Bengal pest spray. So I'm assuming that that is to kill the beetles or to keep them from, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of pesticides just because... Uh, I don't want any bees landing on them or any any beneficial insects, but um, but that's what he's using. Okay, here's another text. And by the way, if y'all want to join in, 512-836-0590, that's call or text. Um, good morning, Cheryl. How soon can I trim back my large beds of plumbago and primrose? Thank you. If you're talking about primrose jasmine, um, those are going to start blooming any minute, so you may not want to cut them too hard. Uh, just cut them enough as you need to. Plumbago, you can cut if you need to uh, right now. That would work just fine. Okay, here's another text. Uh, I thought maybe you had a temporary loss of sanity when you recommended a Wiesatch tree for... Uh, the memorial plant, but then again, I planted 18 tomato seedling plants yesterday, so maybe we gardeners are eternal optimists. <laughs> yeah, you better be ready to protect those, honey. Um, I know, I don't know if we said was the right idea, but it's so fragrant. Okay, we're, we're going to do that last break, and we'll be back after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we're back. And again, 512 836 0590 is the call or text number. And I just want to remind you that if you are looking for a good landscape company, consider Kevin Wood Landscapes.com. That's the website. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great company, and it takes a little time, as I've said a million times, not just Kevin Wood Landscapes, but all the good landscape companies will get so busy, they already are getting busy. So get yourself to kevinwoodlandscapes.com, uh, look at some pictures, contact forms are on the website, and uh, I think you'll be very happy. Okay, here's another text. Yay. Uh, that's my comment. Hi, Cheryl. I sent this picture last week to see if you knew the name of this succulent. After using an app you recommended, it's called Mother of Thousands Plant. Colancho Diagramontian. Thanks for the recommendation. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. That is exactly what was niggling in the back of my mind. I said something is familiar about this. It's a calancho flower. That it makes perfect sense. It's so pretty, y'all. You should look it up at calancho, D-A-I-G-R-E-M-O-N-T-I-A-N. 
Well, I'm glad that your app worked for you. The app worked for you. That's those things are amazing. Uh, let's see. Here in Winchester, we have had over 14 inches of rain since February. Uh, and another earlier text said, help the bees. That's when we were talking about the lady with the dog that was allergic to bees, uh, to, to bee stings. Um, yeah. 14 inches of rain. Good heavens, you lucky dog. Uh, hey, Cheryl, I'd love suggestions for a moon garden. Thanks. Oh, there's some great books out there on moon gardens. But basically what you want is a reflective uh, light-colored plant. So uh, things that bloom white and especially things that open at night, moth-pollinated plants like moonflower vine. Um, uh, Well, Datura closes at night, but – oh, also guara, white guara. It's, a, it's like a little firefly. It's on the end of an invisible stem. Um, silvery-leafed plants like sages, uh, like purple sage. And an interesting thing is if you plant a, a light blue blooming flower at the edge of the garden, it seems to extend the garden. So that would be things like um, you know, the blue perennial salvias and things like that. That would be a really cool thing. But, yeah, they're, mostly you're going to want reflective plants and leaves, colorful, uh, I mean, pale-colored leaves. Grasses are beautiful in a, in a moon garden, too. And one of the benefits of them is the sound they make when the wind blows through them. So... Oh, let's see here. Somebody sent me a sweet text. Lovely little ladybug, loving your program. Well, thank you. That is so cute and sweet. Um, okay. Let's go to the phone lines, and then I'll get back on the text here in a second. Let's go to Georgetown. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Very well, thank you. <clears throat> the reason I was calling is... What what happened? All, all my plants froze. The uh-huh. leaves are gone, and mm-hmm. the stems are brown. So, what what if I didn't do anything? Uh, did trim back? Would they still come back? Most of them probably will come back. Uh, and the okay. the reason you'd want to cut them is really just so you don't have a bunch of ugly brown, stocky looking oh. stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. Uh, okay. Well. There's a, there's a number of them, and uh, I'm relatively new at the flower garden, so I, I just was going to find that out. It sounds like that they're going to come back no matter what I do. Well, that's probably true, and I, of course, I don't know what plants we're talking about. I would maybe have individual recommendations, but if everything is brown, um, yeah. I would not cut back things like trees and woody shrubs you know like if you have some young trees uh or some woody shrubs or or dormant things like red buds and stuff like that i would leave them alone but if these are low-growing perennial type plants like lantanas and salvias and you know that kind of stuff you can cut them that's exactly what it is 
Yeah. Well, you can cut and them back. Plumbago. Yeah. You can, you, you don't necessarily have to cut plumbago. I've seen it come back uh, all the way to the ends. Uh, it looks pretty dead in winter. Uh, and wow. so does lantana. And you can bet yeah. it'll come back. Yeah, I've got several lantanas and some plumbago. Well, you've been a tremendous help. Uh, well, thank you. Well, good luck. I, I bet you'll be surprised. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you for calling. Okay, here is another text. Uh, my showers of gold. Should I cut them to the ground or leave them alone or something in between? Um, gosh, I think I might leave them alone. I know they look pretty brown, but here's the thing, folks. If you, Let's say you have a shrub that's been reliably, you know, uh, showers of gold. I'm not sure what that is. It might be thryalis. Uh, but just because the leaves get killed off doesn't mean the tree is dead or the bush is dead. Now, you can go out there and snap an end off or, or scratch scratch it with your fingernail and see if you got green underneath. Because if you do, it'll come, off, it'll come back and it'll just shed all those old leaves. Um, so that's what I would do if I were you. I would go out there and scratch it, nick it with my fingernail or a little paring knife or something and see if you got green under there. And if you do, go ahead and leave it alone. If you don't, keep going down towards the center of the or the bottom of the plant until you do hit green, and hopefully you'll hit green. But if you don't, then you could cut them all the way down uh, because that would just mean it was top killed. But most things, the roots are going to survive around here if it was well-established. Um, how do you spell Wiesatch tree? That's a very good question, and it is spelled H-U-I-S-A-C-H-E. H-U-I-S-A-C-H-E. Wiesatch. It is kind of a tra- I mean, a lot of people think it's an invasive, trashy tree. I don't think I've ever designed one into a landscape. But one volunteered across the street from me at my neighbor's house early on when we first built over there in the early 90s. And that tree was just beautiful. And it smelled good. However, it dropped thorny branches. Um, One time a big old branch of it broke off and fell on the neighbor's car. So (laughs) I'm not sure. What I would say, except that, again, I think it was supposed to be in a cemetery or something. And these trees are very hardy. Um, So, I don't know, for what it's worth, it was just a thought. Okay, I didn't get to really talk much about ground covers. That was my one of the things I really wanted to talk about today. Um, But I, I have time to tell you about a few of my favorite ones. And a ground cover is something that grows very low to the ground, obviously, um, and I, I think it could be just a really good addition because all the, almost all these bloom um, and, or, and or just look really cool. Like woolly stomodia, uh, that is a gray-leafed plant. It's a very short, beautiful ground cover, woolly stomodia. Definitely check it out. And these are in the growgreen.org website. Um, because they, they've got all the good ones in there, really. Verbena, I love verbena. Uh, 
the native verbena is that pale violet when it gets really big. But the other cultivars of verbena, you just want to make sure they're Texas verbenas because there are verbenas from other places that aren't really perennial here. Um, but I would consider that Greg's Mistflower. We've talked about that. Um, for shade, I like a heartleaf skullcap or um, also, of course, horse herb. Uh, which is just our default, you know, shade, ground cover. Uh, for really hot sun, I would go with frog fruit. Of course, for bean, it'll do sun. Most of these will do sun. Have you ever had a creeping germander? They are darling. I love them. Uh, Texas betony is a great one. Pink skullcap. Um, dwarf ruellia. You cannot beat that with a stick, but it will spread, so be sure you really want it. Hey, lambs here, very cool ground cover. Damianita, Blackfoot Daisy. And if you've never had Calilophus, give it a try. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. I will see y'all next Sunday.